0: Miller and Condon, Ken Miller, Trent Condon, this is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.
1: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on an All-Star Game Tuesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next two hours talking sports with you. Thanks for uh, tuning in here this morning, at least for, well, hopefully as much as you possibly can. Uh, BMW Des Moines guest list shapes up like this. We're going to do a look at one of the regional teams as uh, they get set to head to training camp. And that's the Chicago Bears. And we'll do so with Jeff Hughes, who uh, ran The Bears blog, for since its inception, it became very, very popular for Bears fans. Uh, Jeff stepping Down, so as we did last week with Dave Sproul, kind of uh, talked about some of his memories with Iowa State before uh, he left the Iowa State beat. We're going to do the same things with uh, Jeff Hughes. And what kind of season the Bears are going to have? What are realistic expectations uh, for the Bears as they get set to head to uh, training camp? By the way, speaking of training camp, I think... Is it next week or the following? We can start getting Mitch Holtis on a week, on a daily basis. When's the 21st? We're starting that early? Yes. Maybe it's the 24th. 24th. Uh, But early. I got the email. I'll I'll send it to you. Um, Good morning. Hello. (laughs) Hey, how are you? Good. Uh, But yeah, Holtis will be here for his daily visits as he... um, of course, is the voice of the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, and Holtis will join us each and every day from Chiefs training camp and then weekly throughout the season. Papa John's here in Central Iowa. The Donaldsons, they make that possible, so look forward to doing that. But today we'll talk about those Chicago Bears. J.P. Richardson uh, is the umpire that was in here a couple of weeks ago. He's... um, not desperately but there's is, there is a desperate need for umpires uh and there still is and I had no idea that these leagues go into the uh, early fall so he'll mm-hmm. join us uh if you uh, missed it last time and uh, you're looking for a part time job that A, it's outdoors, B, it's sports, and it's not a bad paycheck at, at the end of the day, depending on how many games you work. But it's, uh, it, it can certainly add up, and he'll uh, show you or, or tell us, rather, how you can go about doing that. And we'll pick his brain on some baseball topics uh, as well. So that's the 1205. And then hopefully, John Bowen Camp will uh, join us at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk about just his thoughts on the Northwestern stories, cover them forever. I uh, covered uh, Pat Fitzgerald as both a player uh, and uh, then as a coach. As we know, yesterday afternoon, late in the day, it broke that uh, uh, that uh, Northwestern is
2: moving on from the face of the, I don't know, school? Well, depends on our viewpoint, absolutely. Certainly. Right?
1: Yeah. But I mean, I don't know who the you know who the physics professor is. Sure, um, and nobody does unless you're in. I don't know, but it's it was a it was necessary trend. It just the the waters kept getting deeper and deeper to a point where a. You wonder who crafted the letter that was signed by, in capital letters, the entire team that came out within 24... Well, it wasn't the entire team, as we found out yesterday, Mm -hmm. because there were members of that team said, no, 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 this happened, and this is how it happened, and here's the proof that it did happen. So who crafted the letter? When are we going to hear from the president, who, other than putting out a statement... Um, readdressing his decision to suspend Coach Fitzgerald on Friday for two weeks and then tapped the brakes and walked it back and then ultimately fired him. Who's the AD? When are we going to hear from the athletic director on this? Saw yesterday that the uh, uh, sports information director Mm -hmm. quit yesterday to take a new job with the Big Ten. So he got out ahead of the posse because his phone would certainly be ringing here off the hook today. But the biggest story of all, I think, in in all of uh, what what happened at Northwestern is who broke the damn story. Mm -hmm. Kids, students, in the journalism program, they broke it. Not the Chicago Tribune, Chicago Sun, SCORE, ESPN 1000, any of the Chicago media entities. The student newspaper broke the story to their credit. Now... I hope it works out for them, but when they graduate, what are they going to do? <laughs> because as we see, sadly, I mean, yesterday, perfect example: New York Times folded up the sports; LA Times folded up the sports. Uh, the, the San Diego Times Union was bought uh, by a, a, a money group. What does that mean? That that's that those jobs aren't are are about to disappear. That's the way it's going. That's the sadly. That's the way it's going. Um we occasionally stumble onto this topic. I think that I think as a country we're dumber because we don't have a newspaper in front <laughs> yeah. of us. I believe that. Uh, I I am guilty of that. I mean you we, we subscribe online, but I don't think you go it's not I mean, you the got same. the newspaper, you're turning the pages and you're scanning. Mm-hmm. Uh it's just not the same. Uh unfortunately. And if there's a story that, you know, in the, in the upper right-hand corner, page 4, page 5, that you're, you're reading something else and this catches your eye, yep. you just may read that thing, right? And and something may stick with you. It was clickbait before there was clickbait. It was clickbait before there was clickbait. Well said. Just because you're sitting on the throne or wherever you read the paper <laughs> um, in in the morning, in the afternoon. But, man, these, these kids, they, to their credit, they they broke this story And um, took a lot of arrows from students at Northwestern, from football players at Northwestern, their fellow student population that, um, you know, um, was none too kind to them Mm -hmm. for outing the program. It's a terrible look. It's going to, I mean, the program's not very good right now to begin with. Uh, It was easy to do so. You probably should have fired him last year
2: based on the record. But again, he's Pat Fitzgerald. All right. This was a lifetime hire. Uh This is a guy that turned down major opportunities at both the collegiate and NFL level level. To stay at home, to stay at Northwestern, yep. a guy that he was part of the Renaissance. He was mm-hmm. part of the program that got back to the Rose Bowl. Yep. And he was that guy that was a huge piece of that. And then taking over for Randy Walker mm-hmm. when they could have gone a different route. Mm-hmm. Fitz was really young at that time. Oh, he really was, yes. I mean, he had the school record for wins by the time he turned 40. It's amazing. That's yep. what he is. He was an institution mm-hmm. for that football program. And though, yes. Three of the last four years have been brutal. Yep. Really, really bad. But there's been some high moments there. It's there have been. But I think that is an important part of this. Because, though different circumstances, we saw somebody coming off a pretty good run that kept his job in our state, mm-hmm. Kirk Ferentz. Mm-hmm. And some of the same kind of things were said about the football program at Iowa as yes. they were at Northwestern. Yes. Now, most of the arrows were pointed at Chris Doyle. Uh-huh. And pretty much every player outside of a couple uh-huh. said that Kirk Ferentz was not the problem. Right. But but he is the problem because where's the buck stop? It was a Chris Doyle problem, though. Sure. And that's where, I agree. Yes. And but that's it's his the program.
1: It's Kirk's program. Sure. He's got
2: to know everything that's going on with it. And that was my take at the time, and it remains that to this day. If Kirk, though, was three out of four losing seasons going into it that. would have been very easy. He would have been gone. Yep. There's I agree. There's no doubt about it. Yep. He would have been gone. Mm-hmm. But winning? It does. And losing makes things a whole lot more Uh difficult. Even if you are an institution like Pat Fitzgerald was at Northwestern, it is a completely different circumstance. And it comes down to one thing, the W's and the L's. And look, there's going to be no GoFundMes for Pat Fitzgerald. He's got tens of millions of dollars.
1: Yes. He's owed $42 million. You could see why... He's lawyering up. I mean, I mm-hmm. guess he wants a part of that. My guess is Northwestern believes they fired him with cause. Hard to see it from any other way. Sure. <laughs> but, you know, if he gets ten percent of that contract, would that appease him? It seems like he wants them to write a check uh, at the end of the day. His his agent, Brian Harlan, who's Kevin Harlan's brother. Oh, really? Brian Harlan's son. Yeah, you know, yeah, he is. Brian Brian um Brian Harlan worked for the Chicago Bears. He was a good friend to Bob Dyer. We had Brian Harlan on all the time on our radio show back at the turn of the century. You
2: mean Kevin Harlan?
1: Kevin Harlan's brother, Brian, worked for the Bears. Oh, for the Bears angle.
2: I gotcha. Oh, okay. And got
1: fired for gambling on football. Wow. This is 2002, 2003. Went into the sports agenting business and... He's still Kevin Harlan's brother, whether he does that or not but uh, yeah but Pat Fitzgerald was one of his clients chicago based Brian Harlan of course the president of the Green Bay Packers, um grew up uh the uh, lived in in Des Moines for a long time or or had a our family in Des Moines for a long time but yeah brian Harlan is pat fitzgerald uh his agent what i do what I do see a lot of similarities Trent, and I'm sure you see the same thing um and i I go back to the Joe Paw Sandusky mm-hmm. time frame, right? Yeah. And Penn State fans who otherwise, like most fans, are for the most part probably, you know, Pretty intelligent people walking around—they're not dopes, right? right. But what, that's what Princeton called them. But when it's your school, when it's your team—I mean, northwestern this is a you got to you got to so between the years to go to Northwestern, absolutely. And the fact that they just refuse to believe it—it's just like the—it's just like the. It's just like the deniers out there mm-hmm. when the Joe Pa Sandusky thing. I remember Paul screaming. I had no idea there was as many Penn State fans in Des Moines as there was. <laughs> but, but they all came out of the woodwork when this happened. Now, last night it was Northwestern fans. Joe knew. Fitz knew. Right. And here's the thing. And I don't know when this... There's still another layer of this story, in my opinion. If Pat Fitzgerald knows what's going on, how many
2: assistants do? Oh, every single one. Every single one of them, right? This is a top-down thing. When you hear about... The details. How long it's been going. Would you be surprised if Pat Fitzgerald as a player went through the same kind of things? That's a great point. No. I wouldn't. I mean, this is old school meathead. Yes, it is. Thought process. Uh And and that's what this is. That is this old school mentality. And Fitz, though he is at, this is a guy that scoffed at analytics. This is a guy that has laughed about things that are becoming part. He Mm -hmm. is an old school football guy. And though he's still not even in his 50s, -hmm. he's as old school as you're going to come. I mean that is who he is, and you can see that. And you go back to the '90s and how that programmer was resurrected. To think that there were not elements very similar to this. I mean, you got the Shrek clap, right? Yes. And that is a a huge part of this story of him, for all intents and purposes, singling people mm-hmm. out. Put these guys through it, right? We know we can't do it right. as coaches, but you guys can yes. as players. That is the part that took this to that's, a completely different level. That's
1: how he was taught it back when he was a player. I don't think right? there's any doubt. Uh, let's get Jake in here uh, real quick. Uh, 515-284-5966. You know the phone call if you'd like to chime in. Uh, Jake is first. Jake, welcome. What's on your mind?
3: Hey, guys. Uh, as an Iowa fan, I think a lot of people should be happy he's gone because isn't Pat Fitzgerald the uh, highest percentage winning coach against I Iowa? I believe he is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So he'll get back on his feet in a couple of years after everything dies down, I think. But
1: uh, Probably know. in the NFL, though, Jake. I don't yeah. see him getting another college job. It'd be a pro job yeah. if there is one for him. Yep. All right, anything else? Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, Jeff is next. Hi, Jeff.
3: Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Uh, did you guys, real quick, the PGA Tour, uh, PF Deal, uh, Rory and Tiger own a live team, <laughs> Norman, Norman ousted. Um, there's some more you know, quick points. I just noticed that, Trent. Do you have any more details on that, or did that just go out recently?
2: Yeah, it just went out, and I was just kind of thumbing through it at this point. I haven't had a chance to really dive into R- it. Tiger
1: and Rory will play in 10 live events. Um, yes. The guy that's representing um, the Saudis uh, gets membership at uh, the R&A and at Augusta National.
2: Wow. Yeah.
1: What else is for sale? What else are they going to wow. buy? What,
2: where's this going to end? NFL team, NBA team, MLB
3: but team. But the, they NBA don't NHL. want teams. They yeah. want leagues.
2: <laughs> they have the money for it. Right? Didn't
1: Rudy say that they're going after tennis? Yes, tennis is next. It would have to be a, yeah. a sport with a, an individual sport, right? I don't think they can buy.
2: They can't buy the NBA. Right. They or the, But how about team ownership? I mean, yeah, that, that is something absolutely. But you I think have to coming. get
1: approval. You of what? Is, I don't know what the number is. Say seventy-five percent, or I don't know what it is.
2: You're an owner, though, of an NHL team. Five, ten, fifteen years down the line, mm-hmm. and the TV bubble has burst. Trent, you know what? That that's the one league that I would be. I, I would. I could see
1: being a possibility because it's of the of the. I don't know if you want to call it four major sport. If it still qualifies as that, right. it was for the longest time. I'm going to keep it there because I love it. <laughs> but that is the most vulnerable, at least financially. Right? There's no doubt. There is. That's. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, Jeff, this is uh, this is so, just breaking, anyways.
3: It's just breaking. So you know, let's start with you know, I kind of this quick story about Bobby Knight. You know, it's halftime. Bobby Knight goes to the bathroom, takes yeah. the crap grabs some tissues, wipes his butt, drops it on the floor, and says, you guys are playing like crap, mm-hmm. or you could you, use my imagination. You can't do that stuff anymore. So let's fast forward. You know, there's been other incidents. Let's fast forward to Northwestern. So they're at practice. Little Trent Condon's running around, <laughs> drops some passes. He brings them. And now, again, this is the right. report that I read. <laughs> this, this is what I read. and. You know, you got the head coach pointing at Ken, who's a senior, and saying, mm-hmm. Hey, Ken and the boys, yep. get Trent in the locker room, turn off the lights, mm-hmm. and, you know, do something, whatever they're going to do there. And, again, I don't, you know, who knows if that's true. That's just a report that I read on ESPN.com. You can't do those things anymore. Nope. If you are a head coach uh, at Iowa or wherever, you're probably the highest-paid employee in the state. You're the figure, figurehead of that program, and you're you're almost bigger than the university. Mm-hmm. So, if this is 2000 and whatever, you can't get away with nothing. Technology, cell phones, kids are making money, mm-hmm. kids are going to get on social media. As a head coach or any coach in general, you have to be by the book. You can't, you can't really coach kids hard anymore because there's this line. And if you tiptoe that line and that player goes to X or to B, you're probably going to lose your job. And this is really in any job in general, if you think you're bulletproof. If you think you're God, like and I don't know if Fitzgerald thought he was God, but it like you guys said before, he, he supposedly he's the biggest, you know, person in northwestern, you know, history, he just got fired. Mm-hmm. So this is really for anybody in their career. No one's bulletproof. Nobody's safe. If you if you cross that line, you think you're bigger than your company, you're gonna get fired. You guys have a good day.
1: Yeah, thank you, Jeff. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I really no. Don't.
2: And you can
1: be I don't think Jeff does either. I don't no. think he was
2: insinuating that by any means. You can be a successful coach without being old school. Yes. Look at Andy Reid. You think Andy Reid's a guy that's out there doing these types of things that well, has they're, that they're pros, they're,
1: they're pros, though. Well, at the collegiate level.
2: Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, mean, I agree, Trent. You don't have to be like this no, anymore. You I mean, absolutely Remember, don't. there was, it wasn't too many years ago. It was in my lifetime.
2: There are no water breaks. No. No, no, no. It's no. bad for you. Put a rock under your tongue. Mm-hmm. Get back out there. We had plenty of those. Right. We're going back to the 90s. You're going back to the 70s. and. hmm the evolution of the way that you have to coach, you have to change with it. Mm-hmm. You have to adapt. Adapt right. or die. And the old in every facet of life. Yes. And the old school level uh-huh. of thinking in the coaching profession, it has changed. You look at su- successful coaches today. Yes, there's Nick Saban. He's an all old hard ass. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of those out there. Kirby Smart, I mean, he's he's the, letting the guys run the asylum there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you look at some of the negatives that are happening around that program and he doesn't do anything. Uh-huh. Let him it be. they will be fine. We'll right. figure it out. We'll go out there and we'll beat him on Saturday. That's true. I mean,
1: there's still that. And then there's um, a guy like Orgeron, right? He covered some stuff up, which yeah. was still, I mean, that, that's crossing the line. Um, it just, it just it just is. Well, we'll see. So, who's next at Northwestern? Did you see who's on the list? Well, the number two list?
3: at
2: the athletic, uh-huh. Bruce Feldman came out with the list. Who's number, number one? Well, makes sense, right? You got Northwestern yep. connections. Mike Kafka. Kafka yep. who's now the offensive coordinator with he's the, in the. I was going to say he's in the NFL, right? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Uh, he and is. he interviewed for some. He did, didn't he? Yes. yes. Yeah. Some he, head coaching jobs. He is a guy that is a rising star, if you will. Yeah. Is he willing to leave the NFL? To be determined. Well, that would be one, though. Where did he go to in, school? <laughs> yes, why he's number one. Right. That would make a whole lot of sense. Number two on the list. This is not from Miller Condon. This no, is from... The Athletic. The Athletic and Bruce Feldman. Yep. Matt Campbell, mm-hmm. Iowa State coach. Now, take away our local angle, mm-hmm. while using the local angle. Mm-hmm. Matt Campbell was one of the biggest stars of young coaches in college football. Without a doubt. If... Lincoln Riley did not take the USC job. There are many people that believe That's true. He would have been yep. the head coach yep. at Southern Cal. Yep, didn't happen. Nope. Lincoln Riley comes in last moment, mm-hmm. and away they went. Mm-hmm. Four and eight last year. What's in front of them this coming season? Well, it's an upgrade because Northwestern won one game. Right, <laughs> but I
1: get what you're saying. Is Matt Campbell still a a coveted young coach? If indeed. You t- you tack on a five and seven, three mm. and nine on onto a four and eight, um, is is his is his I, I guess arrow
2: still pointing up? Great question. Great Even if question. they get back to bull eligibility, but it's a six and six, seven and five. It's still Iowa State, and it's still tough to win. It is. I mean, history tells you that. But he, it has felt like he is waiting for one of the biggies. A Midwest yeah. job, a Notre Dame, an Ohio the... State, a true, Michigan, true, a program like that. Mm-hmm. That's not what Northwestern is. No, but it's a Big Ten team. It's a Big Ten school. And this is the same conversation we had when we were talking about the Iowa athletic director job. Yes, there are only thirty-two of that's, these jobs that's right. at this level. Mm-hmm. The Big Twelve has done a great job to position, position themselves to be number and three, and in my
1: opinion, have clearly established that ground. They are number three. Uh, now, it's a gap below one and two, there is, but and ahead of ahead, ahead of four and five, yes,
2: done a great job, huh? But you're still number three, right? And like you said, that gap is still significant. Mm-hmm. It is a gap and yeah. a pretty sizable one. And Trent will remain so. Yes, yeah. There, there's no closing that gap at what we see at this point. The Big Ten and the SEC are on their o tier. Mm-hmm. There's only 32 of those jobs available, right? Is that something you look at and realizing? Look, Ohio State. It's probably not happening with his record. Mm-hmm. It just isn't. right? Yes, that might be his dream job. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Notre Dame. That's right. not happening. Right. Michigan at this point, those jobs are not happening. Mm-hmm. This is your opportunity to get back to the conference you grew up watching. Mm-hmm. This is your opportunity to make a jump maybe for one final time. We will see on because that. Because,
1: Trent, if it keeps like that going this way, opportunities are going to dry up.
2: They absolutely are.
1: And look at He's making a lot of money in Ames, Iowa. Mm-hmm. And I, I i still think that the fan base... Now, I want to readdress this in December. But for right now, I think the fan base is absolutely behind him. I don't know what percentage it would be. Nine out of ten. They, they still love... Matt Campbell. Mm-hmm. And they should. I mean, look what he's taken. Look what he's done with this program. He's established a culture. Here's what we don't see. We don't see a lot of kids' names in the paper. Well, we don't see the paper anymore. But we had this discussion earlier <laughs> yes. in the show. But you know what I mean? I yeah. think he runs a pretty tight ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's There's been no um, uh, hints of improprieties other than the gambling thing. And the, the gambling thing is is um, it's more than the state of Iowa. It's, it just has to be mm-hmm. right. It's just just uh, common sense would tell us that. Um, there's been a couple of kids get in trouble, but those kids aren't lying very long, and it's no. not like they're in big trouble. Right, they're, they're relatively minor issues. Mm-hmm. And might might I be missing one in the Campbell era? Maybe I don't think I am. Well, but... uh,
2: there was the linebacker kid for that came out, and we didn't find out about it until the spring this past season. Remember that with the assault case that was happening? Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. But again, we're right. talking about in comparison to a lot of college programs right. out there, it is minimal. Uh huh. In comparison to a lot of different places. All right. So who else is on the list? Well, a couple other things on Campbell. Okay. New stadium coming. Well, now they're saying tap the brakes. Well, we'll see how
1: that. Right? I agree. It's football, and it's a it's a revenue generator. The Ryan family's
2: put up four hundred and some million. That's dollars. true.
1: But now the uh, faculty. Oh, who sure. does who looks the other looks down their nose at yes. sports says, uh, you know what, well, let's get this in line. But I agree with you, eventually we will be So there's yeah. a new facility. True. Now they got the the practice facility as nice is as a
2: Jewel. By. Absolutely. Yeah. Right on Lake Michigan mm-hmm. in absolute beauty. One of the might best it doesn't matter. Alabama, Georgia. Yeah, look out USC.
1: the Look out the uh uh, uh, a floor-to-ceiling glass windows that you're yes. working on. That's Lake Michigan on the other side of that glass.
2: So I understand that there are going to be plenty of people in Cyclone Nation that are going to look at this and say, absolutely not. doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. There are reasons to look at it. It's going to be tough. Yeah. You are going to be having to rebuild mm-hmm. a program. But what did Matt Campbell do pretty successfully? Yes. He rebuilt he a program. He had the, his first year was you know typical, mm-hmm. Iowa State, and then boom. Year two hit the yep. ground
1: running. Yep. They love him names, mm-hmm.
2: and look to the to the four and eight
1: to the four and eight record. And you are what your record is. A lot of close losses. Oh, absolutely. A lot of if a woulda shouldas. Yes, plenty of those. Right, uh, maybe one or two go differently. Mm-hmm. Who knows what the, what it's at?
2: But it's at the end of the day, it's four and eight. He's number two on the list. Mm-hmm. Other names: Dave Claussen of Wake Forest, got this done. Won yeah. it at a place that's yeah. tough to win. Tough to win at Wake Forest. Yep. Uh, another guy that only did it in one year: Mike Elko of Duke. Duke. Yes. Duke is Duke's turned around. They have nine yeah. and four in year yeah. number one. Uh-huh. Or Elko a defensive guy and kind of built the way of the past guy that was a big part of the carousel last year. Never got a gig. That was Willie Fritz at Tulane, mm. taking them to the uh, bowl game last Did year against he the USC. Pull his
1: name out, or was he told you probably not getting in, and then he withdrew. Well, probably both. Yeah.
2: Right? Yeah. Now he is sixty three years old. That's a knock against him. And my dude, Chris Ooh. Creighton. Oh, you know my love of Chris Creighton. Yeah. Former Drake Bulldog yeah. head coach and has done. You talk about morbid mm-hmm. programs. You know, we always, from time to time, bring up Kansas State back in the 80s, where they were very close yeah. to shuttering the program. That's true. Or moving back to a non-scholarship level. And then Bill Snyder came along. And leaving the Big 8. That's how bad and how mm-hmm. dire things were at Kansas State. Eastern Michigan might have been worse than that. This was a program that was as morbid as you were going to find, and he has made them at least competent in the MAC. That's a really good game. I think Chris Creighton has a chance to be a really good coach. He is doing it at one of the most difficult places to win with the least amount of backing of any of the MAC schools. And he has been a continued winner and continued to take Eastern Michigan to bowl games. Um, Sherron Moore, the offense coordinator at Michigan, Uh, That is another name on the list, Tommy Reese, now at Alabama, formerly of Notre Dame. But this piece, who wrote it, Feldman? Yes. I
1: mean, he's not under the impression that this is going to this. This is after this season, right? He doesn't think that anybody's going to leave now to take this gig. I mean, I think you know what I like what they did as far as naming the interim. This guy's never been there. He wasn't part of this process before. The guy that. Fitzgerald hired him to be his defensive coordinator mm-hmm. from North Dakota State. So last year, he's in Fargo. Yeah. He has no idea what's going on in the locker room uh, mm-hmm. in Evanston. So I think that they, hired, they put the right guy in place for now. <sighs> Depending on how it goes, maybe he gets a long look. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But Campbell's on the list. Yes, he is. <laughs> All right, Shocker, right? Indeed it is. Time for another $1,000 home run. Head to KXNO.com right now. You can enter the nationwide uh, contest by inserting the keyword pay in the pop-up box. Pay at KXNO.com. Pay at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. That's pay at KXNO.com. Another opportunity coming up here in about one hour. And then throughout the afternoon uh, with uh, Murph and Andy and the drive with Heather and Sean. Miller and Condon underway on a Tuesday
2: we didn't touch the Home Run Derby. I got an idea later this hour. Do you? To spice I, was this just thing kinda, up. I was just kind of kidding, by the way. <laughs> well, we're not going to actually talk about the Home Run Derby. <laughs> well, I mean, home run you, 53. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got an idea to spice this thing up. Do you? We'll get make, to that later okay. in the hour. Make him hit the other way. If you're right-handed, make him hit left-handed. Well, how about Rushman last night, huh? That kid's a star, isn't
1: yes, he? Yes. I mean, the Orioles. There's so much young talent in that organization. Uh, we'll talk Bears next when we come back. Jeff Hughes, stepping down from the Bears blog. The Bears blog doesn't go anywhere. If you're a Bears fan and you've been reading the Bears blog forever, just a new hands, I think Hughes is going to write weekly. But uh, we'll talk about those Bears when we come back. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3.
2: Do Do things. <laughs>
1: Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Next couple of weeks, all the training camps will be open, including the Chicago Music years TC. That sounds so good. Indeed uh, it does, does Yeah. If the bells ring out and the banners fly. It's here. It's here. Uh, let's get Jeff Hughes in here. He was here. He's still going to be here at the Bears blog, just not uh, as often as he has been. He started this bad boy 18 years ago. I'm not even sure the term blog was a thing back then. <laughs> Jeff, Trenton Ken, what did it used to be called? When did, uh, as I think blogs a relatively new term, I mean like 10, 12 years, but I think it preceded the Bears blog in some respects, didn't it?
0: Uh, so, so it was started with myself and my friend Noah and Noah has always been sort of on the front lines of what's happening on the internet. So it was called the Bears blog from day one uh, at a time when, there just weren't many other things that were, A, calling themselves blogs, or B, anybody knew what the hell a blog was. Right, yeah. So uh, what was very interesting in the early days was, and I've told this story, when I, the first year of the site, we had about 10 readers, and they were all in my family. <laughs> and then in 2006, I spelled Adam Archuleta's name wrong. And that coincided with oh sort my. of the Google revolution. And yeah. if, you, if you Googled that name spelled wrong, we were the first hit, and, and we went from 10 readers to 1,000 readers seemingly overnight, uh, and that coincided with the Bears going to the Super Bowl in 06, and the site went from a nothing sort of vanity project to a real thing where I'm being interviewed by newspapers that year in the lead-up to the Super Bowl, and it just took off. I mean, the a, a story... I, I'm often asked to talk to young students who say, "How do we get into this?" And I say, "I don't know. There's no, <laughs> there's no pathway. Spell out of Marchello's name wrong. See what happens. <laughs> I mean, what, what what did he say? It's so much of this is luck, but uh, it has been a joy to do for these 18 years, and I'm very happy with where it's going to be headed uh, in the near future.
2: So fill us in a little bit more of the details. Read throughout it of course, through the football season so much, and get over to the Bears blog. You you do a great job. We hear your passion, obviously, here on the radio airwaves, but also comes through in the writing. What is kind of the new look, if you will, of the Bears blog?
0: So this concept has been sort of building in me for a while. I have watched how the consumption of the game has changed. It's far more All-22. It's far more draft. It's far more tape. It's far more in-depth analysis. And you guys know I'm not interested in any of that. So I needed to find someone who could take this site that has been primarily a writing site for years and start to bring it into the modern age. I'm still going to be a writer there. You're still going to hear my opinions when I have them. My game previews will still be every week. There's no football in them, but they're still called game previews. And I I, I will keep... So my voice isn't leaving the Bears blog. What Robert Schmidt, who's terrific, is going to do is modernize us technologically, but also modernize us in terms of what I mean by the modern fan. See, I'm 41, but 41 might as well be 81 compared to what the 25-year-old can do now with tape right after a game. The 25-year-old can make a mm-hmm. video and analyze it. I don't know how to do any of that stuff. Not, not only that, I don't want them mm-hmm. So it's I thought this was the time before this season, which I think has the ability to be a sort of uh, transitional season for the Bears. Mm-hmm. Let's get somebody in who can bring us up to date and bring a new vision, because I think my vision for the site has gotten a bit stale. I'll still be the Twitter feed. You'll still read my columns here and there. But it's time for the site to have a new vision.
1: Well, and uh, hopefully you'll still be that voice on radio periodically with Trent and Kent. Selfishly, that would work very well for when, us.
0: Whenever you ask, I'm here. All right,
1: whenever good, good stuff. So what's realistic? Three wins last year. Uh, It looks like the Vikings, I I think, are coming back to the pack. We have no idea if Jordan Love can play or not. Of course, everybody loves the Lions. Uh, This is finally their year that they turn things around, and very well may be, but they're still the Lions, and there's that prove-it factor before anybody buys in. Realistically, three wins last year. You said transitional a year. I agree with you. What does that look like in your mind?
0: That looks like a division that has Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, (laughs) and Jordan Love playing quarterback around the Bears. And for the first time in 25 years, 30 years, there is not a significant mismatch at the quarterback position in the NFC North. And the Chicago Bears, I I know that the odds say the Bears are the third favorite. I don't see on paper a, a much better Lions or Vikings. The Packers might have the better roster, but we don't know what the quarterback position is. This is a year where the Bears should be playing meaningful football in December if only because I don't see anybody running away with this division. I think I said this to you guys before. The draft of Detroit Lions had kind of confounded me and their offseason has kind of confounded me. This seemed like the offseason for the Lions to really gear up. Sometimes you only get one year, one real crack at a title. This was the year to go all out if you were the Lions, shore up all your problems and run away with this thing. And they just didn't do it. And so they've left that, they've left that avenue open to the other three teams. I'll be shocked if the Bears don't win seven, eight games. Uh, I think this team has a lot of momentum right now. And the one thing we are hearing from the practice field, from the players, from everybody around the organization, is that the offense is going to finally show up and be a modern NFL offense. Everyone is excited about what they can produce offensively, and they have a lot of reasons to be excited.
2: What do we know about Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator, and what, he, what he's looking to do with this offense and take them into the 21st century for the first time?
0: I think what we saw from the Bears last year is the core of what Luke Getze wants to do. He wants to run the football, and I think in Chicago you have to be committed to running the football. And they've done a nice job here in this offseason getting some new backs in there. They've really fortified the interior of the offensive line. I think Darnell Wright's going to be very good. But Luke Getty and that Shanahan style, you think of the receivers that flourish. It's a lot of shallow crosses. It's a lot of get the ball in the receiver's hands and let them make plays. And that's why I think D.J. Moore, and i this sounds exaggerated, D.J. Moore could end up being the most significant add by any team in the league this offseason. I said it when they made the trade, and I really believe it. He fortifies everything the Bears want to do on offense now. He allows Darnell Mooney to slide into a more natural sort of secondary role. Chase Claypool now can become a spot player. You know what you're going to use? Use him deep. Use him in the red zone. Take advantage of his size. They've got two tight ends down that can catch the ball and move the chains. I mean, I know it sounds excited, but we haven't been able to say this about the Chicago Bears ever in our existence, where the, the tools are now in the toolbox to be a productive offense, and then you add in the fact that they have this dynamic quarterback we know he's got an arm. I know all this stuff on Twitter about him being a running back. Yes, he might be the most dynamic runner of the football in the entire league. But I think with these weapons, he's going to be able to shore up his his liability. His liability was the underneath stuff because his receivers just simply didn't get open last year. E.J. Moore is going to get open, and there's going to be a connection there early and throughout the season. And I think if Fields stays healthy, I think his offense is going to be good.
1: Uh, will the offensive line allow him to stay healthy?
0: I see that it's a question, but it's not as big a question for me as it is for many others. I think it'll take time for the group to gel. But Braxton Jones was a perfectly serviceable mm-hmm. left tackle as a rookie last year. I expect improvement. I am a, I am a Darnell Wright super fan. You know, he was my guy going into the draft. I'm thrilled he's here. I think he's going to be good fast. The interior of the offensive line now will be better with Kevin side to the left side. And with Cody moving to the middle, Cody way here moving to center, where I think he's a little more natural. They have essentially fixed, in my mind, four of the five offensive line spots. By week five or six, I expect that group to gel. And, I, yeah, I, I don't see the holes on offense that we've been able to pinpoint for years in the past. The holes are now on the other side of the ball.
2: Play some over-unders with Jeff Hughes. I love over-unders, I love totals, and I love kind I? of pontificating here in the season. Last year, Justin Fields' completion percentage was sixty percent. I put it at 62.5% this upcoming season. Over, under? Over. Let's go to yards. 15 games last year. Let's say he plays 15 games again this year. 2,242 yards last year. We're bumping that thing up to 3,000 yards this season. Over, under? Over. All right. Getting me excited. Let's go to <laughs> touchdowns. 17 last year. Over, under? 25. <laughs>
0: Here's the problem with touchdowns. I'm going to say under. The problem with touchdowns is this team is always going to want to run the ball down around the goal line. Uh-huh. And he's such a weapon. See, Rodgers always had those inflated numbers because it didn't matter. They could be on the one-inch line. He's thrown it four times. Right. He wanted the touchdown. You know, he also's legs are – they're, they're indefensible down there. There's no way to stop him around the goal line. So, no, I think he'll throw for like 20 to 23, 22, but probably run for 10.
2: And finally, last year he threw he ran for one thousand one hundred forty three yards. We'll keep the same total over under rushing yards this season.
0: It, it better be under. It yeah. better be yeah. under. Yep. 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 It, it better be under. So if he's running that much this year, then I think the line the line has caused some trouble, and there's injuries on the outside. This this team is built now where he should be running the ball. In the six to eight hundred yard range. Mm-hmm. That's all, and, and productive
2: runs. Right? That's kind of Lamar Jackson, right? It's, yep. It's about the range yeah, that he's yep. usually in.
0: Yeah, and also productive runs. Move the chain, third and shorts, those kind of runs. You know, the scrambles are always going to be the scrambles with him, and we've seen. He can turn a, a broken play into a 70 yard touchdown run. Those are still going to happen, but I, I would think they have enough in place now. Where you see you'll see less of the called run game for him. That that is the one element of these modern offenses that I don't love. I love the scramble ability. I love the ability to get outside and move the chains. But when you start calling the quarterback's number six, seven times a game to carry the ball, you're just asking for injury. You're asking for problems. And the Bears with the talent they have now in offense shouldn't need to do that.
1: Uh, for the fantasy football players in the listening audience, what kind of year for Cole Komet? Does he get back? It seemed like he was headed in the right direction, a little step back last year as far as production-wise. What kind of year do you expect for Cole Komet in year number? It's already year four. Wow.
0: Yeah. So I, I think a similar year to what he had last year. So bring in Robert Tanya means you're going to see some catches go away from from Komet. But I think Komet's value in fantasy football is pretty solid because – they like to get Komet the ball underneath and let him run with it. And I think you're going to get a lot of production that way. So Komet being in that six, seven, again, I'm going to say numbers, but that's that six, 700 yard mark, Tommy into and those three, 400, getting somewhere around a thousand yards out of the tight end position is exactly what this offense wants to do. And if they can get that out of those two guys, I, I think, again, they're looking at a, the tools are in place. So I, I do like Komet for fantasy football, but I wouldn't be looking at him early because I just don't know how much of the workload Tanya is going to steal from
2: Everybody, I think, believes the Bears are taking a step forward offensively, that we're going to see that next step in development from fields. Offensive line's going to be, at minimum, adequate this year. They finally have weapons out wide. You mentioned Komet and the emergence we saw last year in year number three. But that defense is going to stink, and there is no depth in the defensive <laughs> backfield. And up front, they are awful. I mean, if they're going to win games, there's going to be some, some 38-34 type of shootouts.
0: I don't know. So here's what I don't know. And this is this. this, You pinpointed the two major problems. Number one, I don't understand how they're getting to the quarterback. And they do. They do not have a viable edge rusher. They're actually coming in with Travis Gibson and Dominic. We've we've seen that play before. It doesn't work. Uh, But maybe those guys can take a step up. One thing I'm very excited about with this Bears team, and I think it's good for Bears fans to get used to this. It's okay to have to score points. To win football games, the days of thir- the days of the 2005 Bears winning games 10-9 are over. <laughs> they have enough talent on defense to keep other teams in that mid 20s. Right? They have. They're not going to allow 40 a game. They got good linebackers. They have good secondary pieces, just no depth. The middle of their defensive line has improved. They've got no edge, so they're going to allow points. They need to score points to beat teams and start getting into the mindset that all the elite teams in this league are in of, hey, let's go out and get 35 to win each week. And if we can't get 30, can't get 35, then maybe we don't deserve to win. Uh, I think they're going to be better defensively than they were a year ago, specifically against the run. But I just don't see how in this, or the reason I refuse to call them any kind of contender is because you'd have to go back and find me a team without a legitimate pass rusher. That was a contender in the NFL. I can't think of one. Mm. And they do not have on this roster a legitimate pass rusher. Again, they're going to have two picks next year in the first round of the draft. There's going to be no doubt. Everybody's mock draft, barring a field's injury, everybody's mock draft is going to have the Bears moving around yep. to get the best edge rusher in next year's draft. They're still that year away from building this team into something that can actually contend. But I think you're right, Trent. I just don't see how... How do you get off the field on third down yeah. if you can't get to the quarterback? And we're not talking about edge rushers. They don't have any edge rushers. They, <laughs> they don't have guys who play the play the position, which is kind of what they tried to do on the offensive line last year, and it didn't work. So maybe they add somebody here in the next few months. I don't think they will. Um, it's going to be a tough, tough road for that defense, but you just hope if they're better against the run, it will just help immensely. They're going to have No chance when it comes to rushing the
1: quarterback. Uh, Congratulations on the long 18-year run at the Bears blog on a daily basis. You're kind of transitioning, stepping aside, turning over some duties. You're still going to be a part of it. Uh, We're glad that you'll be able to still join us here and talk about those Bears. Way to go, Jeff Hughes. Thanks for doing this for us, and uh, best of luck to you as always, Jeff.
0: Thanks, guys. Always appreciate being on with you. And I don't need the right to come on, yell, and scream without quarterbacks with
1: you guys. (laughs) Good stuff. Anytime. Take care. Uh, Good to hear from Jeff Hughes. DeBearsBlog.com.
2: How about that, the way it took off? Yeah, absolutely. A misspelling of a name. Yeah. I don't think blog was a thing. It was a thing. I wrote it it, in college. When did blog make it into the Websters? When did it become a word? Oh, I think early 2000s. Was it? I think your old age is showing up here. does <laughs> every day. Yeah. Well, and I, because... He was just talking about stuff passing by at 41. I'm just cringing over here. <laughs> because I wrote on blogs in like 2003. Did you? And it was yeah. called the blog? Yeah, it was called a blog.
1: I'd like to know when, uh, when uh, was it Merriam-Webster that the official, there, there's a couple of words that get added to the dictionary every right. year.
2: When did blog become a certified word in the dictionary? Let's see. Blog becomes a dictionary entry. Uh, blog has changed. How do I add dictionary to my blog? How do I get a word into the dictionary? It's not popping up here. Nothing. I'll find it during the break. All right. We'll do that right
1: now. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Have them in our tournament. Hi, right, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. I have to be missing something about this next story that just popped up on Twitter. Oh. Iowa State now has two beers. What? Two. Competing beers. There's the, um... What's the one that's got? The West... uh, The The
2: Ames Lager. Ames Lager.
1: Now there's something called Clone Fest from Back Pocket
2: Brewing. Hmm. Why would they do that? Are they different styles of beer? Um... I would guess the answer is probably yes. So hitting different markets, different people. But it's like not going to beer. we will. I thought this was what it was all about. Oh, where, where's it going? Just to back pockets back pocket? <laughs> <laughs> no, that can't, can't be the case.
1: Can it, no, that can't be
2: right. Well, why not? I mean, there's been beers out there with an Iowa State tint. There is. But why would you buy that
1: if you have an opportunity to buy the Ames lager and put money in We Will? I thought that was the big... Because was, you like the taste? Yeah, but the big release and the and, and the, um, the reason behind this is we saw what the Swarm was doing. Well, they did. All right, where, where's this coming from? It's coming from I, cyclones.com. From Cyclones.com. Okay. Lic- Iowa State University taps local back, back pocket brewing for officially, officially, officially licensed Clone Fest
2: craft beer. His name's Lager. This is Clone Fest. This has been out for a while, though. Clo- there has been this. It'll be
1: introduced on Friday of this week at its pin and axle pin and pixel location on Merle Hay Road.
2: Because there's a Hawk Fest beer that's been out from this brewery, I believe. But did Hawkeye did Hawkeye Sports send out a release trumpeting this, trumpeting there? Hottoberfest is the name of the uh, one from Back Pocket that's been there for a while. So that's been out there. So now you got to decide whether you want to buy this, you want to buy Ames Lager, and actually put Bunny back in We Will. We I, Will or to Iowa State Athletics? I'm going to guess if this is something out there that obviously... There's a connection. I mean, they're not putting it on the website if there's not a dime coming to them. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Bloom. This is Jamie Pollard's response. Well, that's Take this, Bloomie.
1: I wonder if Bloom knew about this because mm-hmm. they had to come up with some kind of um, budget or what they thought that they were going to make from this, and this is going to cut into that.
2: This is the first officially licensed craft beer. Ames Lager is not officially licensed. You can't put the I State logo on there, you can't put Psy on there. Mm-hmm.
1: So this is different. No, that's why they had to call it Ames. Mm hmm. They can use the colors, right?
2: But it seems like they're kind of cutting their nose despite their face a little bit. Well, ultimately, it's still all helping Iowa State athletics, right? And I'm going to guess that this has been in the works for a while. Mm-hmm. But did Bloom and Company know? Did the did the um, <laughs> the brewery? Where,
1: where is it again? It's at the Okoboji. Ah, uh, the Westo. Yeah. Westo is in Okoboji. Yep. Did they know this was coming? Would there have been the excitement surrounding the announcement that Ames Loggers about to help we will uh, that was generated? Had the
2: fan base knew that this was coming? There's also a tap room in Johnston that is open now for Back Pocket Brewing. So you're also hitting the Central Iowa because this was an Eastern Iowa thing, started in Coralville and made its way. Also have a tap room in Dubuque and now in Johnston. So, but
1: the whole concept I thought was to. Kind of mirror what Swarm Beer was doing, right? Help yeah. the football, men's, and women's basketball programs. We will. Didn't want to be left behind. Aggressively found a brewery to partner up with. Made the splash announcement. And now there's already competition.
2: Yeah, well. That's cutting into whatever they thought that they were going well, to make. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about that.
1: And here's there's one more layer of this, too. and I, And I don't know if it's ever going to happen as long as Pollard's the AD there. Um, we know Swarm's going to be available at Kinnick. Uh-huh. Neither of these beers are going to be available at Jack Trice. Why is that? It's just he just won't do it. He's he, he a teetotaler?
2: Do... No, because he serves beer up in the suites, right? So it's fine for the oh, people yeah. that are rich, right? Yeah, but for the The unwashed, <laughs> well, no, no, <laughs> the peasants right. down, no, 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 outside of the VIP areas. No, you drink your Bushlight out in the parking lots <laughs> and be happy, and leads to slugging six of them before you walk into the game. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, now you have a choice. Is it going to be? Clone you, don't fest? Have a,
1: you don't have a choice to, um, you know, go go to the uh, concourse and, and, and order one up there. I, how much money is you leaving
2: on the table with this? Well, it's not as much money. It's as not, maybe good, we but that's true, right? It was at one time we felt like it was millions, right? It's not that, right? But it's it can be a million on
1: the year. Yeah, it's hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. of dollars though. That you're now don't let's not forget Iowa State's only got six home games opposed to everybody else in the country who has seven. But they're going to go on the
2: road to Ohio to Ohio, yeah. not to Ohio State. No, it's not Ohio State. Trent? It, it, no, no. Oh damn! Not against the Buckeyes. The Bobcats. They're playing the Bobcats on the road. Uh, and then they got that home and home coming up with Arkansas State. You excited to make your way down for that one? Uh, now, the two lane one? Absolutely. New Orleans? Sure. Right. That makes sense. UNLV? The, yeah. That made sense. Athens and Jonesboro, Arkansas. And not Athens, Georgia either. <laughs> Athens, Ohio. Ugh. Yuck.
1: Hour two coming up next. We will talk umpiring. You want a part time job? You like sports? like baseball, want to stay involved, can't run anymore, can't throw anymore, but you can ring somebody up perhaps, call some balls and strikes, uh, we'll tell you about that when we come back, and we'll talk to John Bowenkamp, some of his memories are covering Pat Fitzgerald for the decades as he has. Hour 2, Miller and Condon, next.